gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Gregadana, and with me is always... Richie Byrne! It is so good to see you, buddy. How are you, man? How was your weekend? It was a very Eastery weekend, the you Easter Bunny. Do, do you do Easter. the Easter egg thing or no? Uh, yeah, we have a nice backyard, so uh, we hit the Easter Bunny hid some eggs. The kids right. found them, and then and the boys uh, had the boys had fun. Yeah, we got them. We I know it's like a, a weird thing to give presents on Easter, but they were all like educational or candy. Okay. It wasn't like big gifts. It was right. a lot of uh you know, my wife's going to be teaching them because uh, school's done for the year. Alice Cooper oh, got his dream. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, they both have their little Chromebooks and their touchpad or whatever the hell it is. And they How are they holding up with this? Um, I can tell there's a lot of anxiety going on with them. There's a lot of uh, pent-up uh, energy, you know. Like, we had a, a rainy, windy day today. and Yeah. They weren't able to get outside into the yard, so there's a lot of, like, they're ready to rip the walls down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's hard to get them on a schedule. They know well, something's up, so you know, they're staying I, I, up late. I don't want to get deep into this today because we have such a great show. Yeah. What a great show. Um, But we should talk about the fact that I'm interested to know how the ch- children are handling this. Yeah. And um, uh, also... You know what's really got me is watching children and their grandparents being separated. Has uh, uh, like even when they're like like I saw a great one of a grandfather and his granddaughter and they were dancing across the street from each other. But still, yeah. like these are years that you don't get back with your grandparents. Yeah, you know? my my in laws were in tears because they brought over Christmas or uh, Christmas Easter stuff and they right. had to stand out on the curb and the kids were on the porch. So they came out and, you know, the kids freaked out. And Duke ran off the porch. He jumped over the railing, which is like a four-foot drop. He hurdled it like a uh, champ and uh, ran over and started hugging his grandma. And, you know, we have to, no, you can't do that. And we had to, like, chase after him and pull him away. And he was crying. It's, uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's so hard on them because we tried to explain to him what's going on. But. You know they're they're kind of like yeah that's great but that's my fucking grandma and yeah. that's who I want to go I hug mean. yeah you know, it's yeah. like we understand because you know it's right. like you don't want them to get you sick or you get them sick you know and I know when I see your mother-in-law all I want to do is hug her I know oh. and I think I got a little weird a little weird hey we have a great <laughs> it's Corona Monday yes that's Here right on storytelling and we have. Very uplifting Corona stories today. Yes. Very, we're very excited. We have a bunch of people from the comedy world here today who have been if inflicted, if I might yeah. say, with, with the virus and have beaten it. One, we got Jimmy coming out later. Jimmy Canazaro was on two weeks ago, and we can't wait. Right now, we have a very special guest, a surprise very guest. Very special guest. He was not in the announcements, but he's here. No. And he's an old friend of ours. He, he was on last season. He was a great guest last season, told some amazing comedy stories. He's a wonderful comedian. He's here with us now. Can I bring him out? I'd say bring him out. 
Guys, a big hand for the lovely, the wonderful, and the healthy Jeffrey Gorian. How about it? I'm so happy to be on with you, man. I can't believe you. I'm so happy to have you, brother. Oh, man. I'm afraid to even claim survivorship yet because I'm still not over it. You know? All right. It's, It's more than a month. But you're home. Very tricky. I'm home. I'm out of the hospital. And I'm That's grateful every minute. Believe me. Gratitude is key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all thrilled that you – it was so hard when we found out you were sick and you were mm-hmm. in the hospital, which is right now the scariest place to be in the world. Absolutely. I put it off for two weeks. I was deathly sick for two weeks before I went because I was afraid to go to the emergency room because I had always right. heard how many germs there are there. And I have a, a condition of uh, of heart problems, and oh, shit. I was really yeah. I'm I'm in a high risk category. I was really nervous to go, but by the 14th day, I was so sick, I was literally suicidal. And I don't say that lightly. I was in right. very very bad shape. It was. It's one right. of those things where it's is this a flu or a, a something that I have that's making me sick? Is it worth risking possibly going to get? Uh, treatment for that, and then catch what I don't have. Exactly. Or else, or else sometimes they sent people home, too. They almost sent me home. They were debating until they took the chest x-ray and the ultrasound of my lungs, and they told me that I had COVID double pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Which, That's which, right. I forget you had the heart uh, you had worked on on your heart a couple, only about a year ago or so, right? No, no, was it? Well, no, I had a heart attack in 2015, and okay. they put in a stent. Okay. Wow, is that long ago now? You know, yeah, but you know, with that, I was on stage five days later. I was just joking with Emilio Savone from New York Comedy Club, because he said to me, what are you, nuts? You just had a heart attack. And I said, yeah, but it's really hard to get a spot here. I don't want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> what club were you working? Emilio. New York Comedy Club, 24th Street. <laughs> Five days after getting out of the hospital. He's wow. Still, still <laughs> that. that heart attack was nothing compared to. Yeah. Um, had you were, you were sick was, for two weeks. You were home for two weeks and yeah. you had not been tested? No, I couldn't be tested at home. There was no way. I had, you know, I kept thinking maybe it was a flu. I got a flu shot. Mm-hmm. You know, but it started out like a cold. And I think what saved me on my third day, when I get a cold, I get a sore throat. It's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. And I always keep Z pack in the house because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I must start it right away. Mm-hmm. So about the second or third day, I started feeling this tickle in my throat and I started myself on Z pack. And luckily, I had two different courses of it. I stayed on it for 10 days. And I really believe that that saved my life. I was just going to say that. I bet that helped so much, just keeping you strong. Yeah, because they're using, like, they took me to NYU. You know, when I finally went, I called my cardiologist on a Friday, and he said, you better go. He goes, and and, and he's at Lenox Hill. So I, I don't know how. I lasted another six days. Wow. And then I just couldn't take the... I was nauseous from morning to night, literally 24-7 with a fever. And stupidly, I had I, I had an old-time thermometer. Look what I, I found this thermometer. My great-grandmother would have used this in Russia. 
I come. <laughs> it's one of those old glass and mercury thermometers that no one can read. <laughs> it's impossible to know. But I was having night sweats where like the whole bed would get wet. And then I realized, and, and, and then I would feel cool. So I realized I must have had a fever right. without being able to take my temperature. But then right. the fever would come right back. Usually it leaves when you get a night sweat, but not with this virus. The fever came back, yeah. full body chills. My body was literally shaking. When it happened in the hospital, they had to put four blankets on me. To, so I couldn't even hold a cup. I couldn't hold the stuff to take my medicine. They had to hold it for me. That's how my body was shaking. They covered me with ice packs on my head, under my arms, on my legs to bring down my fever. It was, it was just incredible. But I suffered for two weeks at home before I called uh, an ambulance. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's really weird when you got to go to the hospital. Because first of all, you got to get dressed. What do you wear to go to the hospital? Right? You know what I mean? And Knowing you, something fancy with a scarf. Right, with a scarf, right? I started thinking, <laughs> what am I going to wear? I, I, it's so stupid. People are like, why is Thurston Howell the third here? Exactly. <laughs> I was looking for an ascot. Like, I wore an, I, I wore a fucking silk ascot. And I, I, love I think I thought I was Cary Grant or something. I don't know. <laughs> here comes Mr. Furley. So, so I, dragged my, I dragged myself to the shower. Okay. Which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And and I put on track pants and sneakers and a t-shirt and a hoodie and a sport jacket so I could have my wallet someplace with my ID. You know, I'm always wearing a sport jacket. But no winter coat, because I knew I was going in an ambulance. I didn't bring a winter coat, right? So and then I had a pack of oh, and I put on cologne. Can you believe I fucking put on cologne? <laughs> I wasn't thinking straight. I was in another world. I was sick. Yeah. I didn't know what, what what cologne what what scent goes with hospital? Yeah, right. I don't even remember. I was some kind of Chanel blue, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Corona. Yeah, exactly. And then I had a pack of bear, because you don't just show up at the hospital, you gotta bring shit with you. So oh, I, I couldn't think of what to bring. So I Googled slippers, a nice silk robe I'm exactly. picturing. I Googled what to bring to the hospital. Did you really? I swear to God. And I took some underwear and a little flashlight. I don't know what I thought I was doing. Yeah, but I think you were delusional. I think you were a little out. I think you were probably. I was so out of it, Richie. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. And then he didn't, I, he didn't pack his paisley silk robe. I he was, packed a solid. <laughs> I was so nervous to call an ambulance. I can't tell you. I, I, it was early in the morning. I didn't want to call in the middle of the night. Because you never know. That's too scary, man, to go to hospital in the middle of the night. So I waited until the morning, and they came pretty quick. They, okay. asked me, they asked me my symptoms over the phone. And by that time, I was bleeding from my nose. I had time I sneezed, like red blood was shooting out of my nose. It was a fucking nightmare. So my symptoms, my symptoms were serious enough that they came for me. Because I got the impression that if you don't have the right symptoms, they don't send an ambulance for you. So yeah. they came. They were two of the nicest guys in the world. I couldn't believe it. The guy, this one guy took my hand and he said to me, you're going to be okay. Wow. And it meant so much to me because I was so sick and weak. He said to me, can you get up on the stretcher by yourself? And I was able to. And he said to me, 
something that was very important. He said, I've taken many people to the hospital. You have the best physical presentation that I've seen yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was strong strong enough to get on the fucking stretcher. They strapped me in (laughs) and they squeezed me into the freight elevator in my building. It's a big building. And they wheeled me through the lobby into the ambulance. And I said, can you take me to Lenox Hill Hospital? Because that's where my cardiologist is. And they're like, no, it's too far. We're taking you to NYU Langone, which turned out to be a real blessing. Okay. Because, because first of all, I had history there. I used to teach there. And um, they were doing studies with uh, chloro- with hydrochloroquinone, uh, plaquenil. A lot of hospitals didn't even have it. Well, it's like for lupus, right? It's for malaria and lupus. Yeah. So they've been using that in conjunction with z Right. But because right. I was on z just out of the grace of God, man, because I was on z for 10 days, they didn't give me any more. They brought me really? to they So they you were on it. Because I had already been on it. They just gave me Plaquenil and zinc. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, Sorry. don't cough on the mic. I don't yeah, want to get it. Come on, Jeffrey, now. <laughs> oh, wow. So they took me to the emergency room, and I laid there for hours. I just, just yeah. real quick, Jeffrey. Yeah. This is how awesome our audience is. Craig Lloydgren wrote that you brought a bottle of champagne, a smoker's jacket, and a pipe, and six <laughs> autographed books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeffrey has a great book. We talked about it last time you were on the show. You have a great book that uh, people should go out and get. What's it called? Healing Your Heart by Changing Your Mind: A Spiritual and Humorous Approach to Achieving Happiness. There you go. And we're going to, real quick, we want to show a quick video of you. We want to show a video so any viewers who don't know you should look you up and uh, get your book and also check out his funny comedy. Let's bring up Jeffrey's uh, video. Thank you. So, uh, So listen, I have this friend and he looks a lot like Josh Groban. And wherever he goes, people tell him that he looks like Josh Groban and for some reason he fucking hates it. So he called me the other night complaining that wherever he goes, people tell him he looks like Josh Groban. I'm like, what the fuck are you complaining about? At least you get somebody normal. I get if Phil Spector fucked Elton John. This is how great our viewers are. Chris Roach wrote, I'm glad you're feeling better, Jeffrey. It should have been Richie. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something about Chris Roach, okay? We've asked him to be on the show many times. He, oh, I can't, can't come into the city. I can't make it to the city. Now, we, now he's got nothing to do. And every time we have a show, there's Chris Roach writing a million things. Instead of just coming on, he's got to have. He's got a lot to say. A lot. We have, to say. We have three. Three people could come on that have had the coronavirus and are still fighting it. Chris Roach can't come on healthy. <laughs> yes. Chris and I had so much fun. He came to my place once to the comedy matters tv offices and we did an interview here when when he when he started the show with kevin james oh that's awesome wait yeah we had a lot of fun he's a great guy right he's a failed sitcom act but yes he's he's so big that when he stretched out he knocked pictures off my wall like this and everything fell off the wall he like, said he was naked <laughs> 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 What? Yeah. Why do you think yeah. the virus? So, we um, 
We loved your opening, son of a bitch. We loved your opening. Uh, Elton we, John and, and um, Phil Spector. Phil Spector. Very funny. And Mark, uh, you said you have some shots of people I look like? Yeah. So uh, I believe that Richie, um, I'll bring up the first guy, Jack McGee. Jack McGee. I, I you know, come I on. Irish it. people all kind of look alike. Blue yeah, eyes, gin. That big, big potato head. That yeah. Potato. And, you know, a gin <laughs> nose. Right. Gin nose. You guys all have that booze face, so you know you have that one. But then you know you also could this go one with this one. You get all the time. Let's bring up uh, real quick. We'll bring up uh, Jim Belushi. Come on, I think that's actually a picture of Richie, and we just said it was Jim Belushi. Well, I'll tell you a story about Jim Belushi. You're gray in all the same places. I'll tell you a story about Jim Belushi. He was on, um, uh, not Conan, uh, Jimmy Fallon. When I was doing the warm up for Dr. Oz right across the hall. And since I'm like in my 20s, people said, You look like Jim Belushi. And so he was in his dressing room, and I never do this, but he was in his dressing room and he had the door open. So I knocked. You're not supposed to do that. I knocked on the door. I go, Hey, Jim. And he goes, Yeah. And I go, uh, I'm Richie Byrne. I'm a comedian. I do the warm up across the hall for Dr. Oz. He goes, Yeah. I go, Well, my whole life people said I looked like you. And he goes, yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> no, I, all right, but I, I just know he goes, all right, and that was it. So three days later, I'm at Zany's in Chicago, okay? I flew out to do Zany's in Chicago. I'm coming out of Zany's, and who's walking by Zany's but Jim Belushi? <laughs> three days later, and I go, Jim. And he looks, and I go, Ah, you Where? again. And he goes, yeah, I go, I'm the warm-up guy at Dr. Oz. Remember I said you look like me? And he goes, what are you stalking me? (laughs) (laughs) I ran into Dr. Dr. Oz recently. I thought I was going to need heart surgery. And I went up to Columbia Presbyterian because they're the best best at heart surgery. And I didn't didn't know that he still does rounds in the hospital. He he on TV. So I went to see his ex-partner, Craig Smith. Who operated on President Clinton and Barbara Walters? Yeah, he, I know Craig. He's into you know he actually worked on my parents as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I was looking. I, I have this torn mitral valve, and I wanted to see if there was a conservative way to fix it. And Doctor Oz was the one who invented this thing called the microclip, where uh, but it's used on very elderly, sick people who wouldn't survive open heart surgery. So I spoke to Craig Smith, and he said he only does traditional open-heart surgery. And I said, well, isn't there something conservative? And he said, yes, there is. And he said, well, I'll send you for more information. I walk out in the hall, and there's four or five doctors being lectured to by somebody, but I don't see who it is. And as I walk by, an arm grabs me, and he's like, Jeffrey, I know why you're here. And it's Dr. Oz. It was insane. I couldn't even believe it. Are you serious? I swear to God. The last time I had seen him was at Joan Rivers' funeral. And we chatted about something. And I didn't even know that he'd remember me. I had met him a couple of times before. But he grabbed me and said, Jeffrey, I know why you're here. And I want to tell you about this this clip. And we wound up taking pictures together in the hospital. He had one of his interns take pictures of us in the in the hallway of the hospital. And he said to me, he said, this clip that I invented is only good if you're 85 or 90. He goes, you're too young and you're too healthy. Hopefully, 
you can stay this way for the next 10 years and maybe we'll do enough research that we can fix you in a conservative way. Okay. And he was so kind and so nice and so informative. Yeah. I, was, I was so shocked to see him there. I almost couldn't speak because yeah. I know that he still is involved in the hospital. Yes. Such yeah. a great guy. Such he a great guy. I, I could talk about him all day. I love the guy. You know that. That's so, so cool. Um, but Mark, did you have another... Did well, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, who do you think Richie looks like? Do you have any? No, it's just funny because in my act, I talk about that, that people think they have the right to stop you and tell you who they think you look like. And it's never anybody good. It's never anybody, which is such a weird thing. Right. <laughs> All right. I started doing the Phil Spector thing because so many people, you know, in real life, if someone said the shit to you that we say about ourselves on stage, you'd be really pissed off. You'd be like, who the fuck are you to say that? But we say it about ourselves, you know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I did see a resemblance. You and Jim could be brothers. Yes. Well, no, Mark, Mark, Mark so, has a theory. So, so here's the thing. Yeah. He looks like him now. But do you guys want to see a picture of Richie when he was young, just starting out as a comic? Can we well, pull that picture up? <laughs> oh! There he is. Richie Byrne, everybody. <laughs> Same I hairdo. <laughs> I, think have, I think we have a few pictures of you, Mark. You do. We have a little, we have a little pre-quarantine and post-quarantine pictures of Mark. So uh, let's go. There's our pre-quarantine. <laughs> there he is. And how about post-quarantine? There you go. <laughs> That's me from the and, waist down. And I think we have one more. We got a couple more. Up oh, there we go. There's Mark. <laughs> and then post-quarantine. Ah. Uh, <laughs> we wrote i wrote you the other day so we want you on the show and you you said to me i gotta see how i feel and so i was like well let's just bring jeffrey in for a few minutes because i don't he's probably weak you've been the complete opposite and it's made us so happy look at how good he's been, right, Mark? You've been so energized. But, you know, it's and so funny how comedy does that for me. You know, yeah. I was friends with some of the greats from the golden age, like Milton Berle and Andy Youngman, and I would be amazed at how they'd lose 20 years when they went out on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel when I'm talking to you guys. I'm very energized. I could feel very weak. I was feeling weak this afternoon even. I wasn't right. sure I could do it. But it's really? Yeah, it's amazing. This is a very tricky illness. It, it it makes you think that you're better, and suddenly you don't feel so good the next day. And that's what happened to me. I've I heard, heard people say that that was like within like 20 minutes. They go, I think I'm feeling better. I'm going to get up. And then they're like, oh, boy, I'm not yeah. ready for this at yeah, all. Yeah, and that's, and that's what's so scary. I'm afraid to claim health. I haven't been yeah. outside my door. I haven't thrown away garbage. It's just piling up. I put it in things that, you know, I'm going to sneak out late at night probably and throw it away. I'm really scared, to be honest with you. Okay. No, one, no one knows if you can be reinfected. The hospital, right. the hospital called me to follow up, and I said, am I immune now, or do I have to worry about going out in the street? And they said, to tell you the truth, we don't know. So That's scary. scary oh, that's scary. Well, I'm still weak. My immune system is low. You know? Right. We do have someone... Our guest tonight can share this with you because I know you guys are friends. Yeah, we're good friends. I know you spoke on the phone. 
And let's get them out here with you. We got we got uh, Jimmy Canizaro and Jenna Esposito together. Hi, guys. Hey, there he is hitting the bong. <laughs> I guess we should change the name of the show to Smokes and Jokes. Look, yeah. they both got bongs. I got I got a thermometer. They gave me they fucking gave me a thermometer. <laughs> well, look at the one you have. You know, yeah. I have one belongs in a museum. The old one. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, I know I know we're supposed to tell a joke when you came out of here. Yeah. When Jeffrey was talking about his thermometer, I thought about one. <laughs> hey Jeffrey, what's the difference between an oral thermometer? And an anal thermometer. I give up, Jimmy. What's the difference? The taste. By the way, by the way, Mark, I got a picture. You got Rusty Staub. This is Richie Byrne and Rusty Staub, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. That's great. Like Rusty Stop. I've gotten that. I actually met Rusty Stop in his restaurant. I went and watched the Super Bowl in his restaurant. He was a very nice guy. It's, you know, yeah, I bet, man. If you oh, want, well. I can get Richie to sign that ball for you. <laughs> so how are you, brother? Uh, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, you know, I'm still on oxygen. I'm down to like uh, two liters. So hopefully think- by next week, I will yeah. be uh, rid of my oxygen. And uh, yeah, everything's good, man. I feel much better. Uh, I know Jeffrey, man. Sound I got, I got my wife here, man. She's been taking the garbage out and cooking and cleaning and waiting on me in the cook, I know. Man. I've been watching on Facebook. And Just Jenna, like the good old days, right, fellas? Jenna, you had it too, right? I did. Um, I actually never got tested because my symptoms were mild. Um, and um, by the time Jimmy had his test results back, I'd already been quarantined for a few days. So his doctor said, listen, we're 99% sure you have it. You had the symptoms, but, you know, we really can't spare tests right now. And if your symptoms remain mild, you're better off staying home and not risking spreading the virus further by going out for a test. So I stayed home. I did not leave the apartment for 14 days. I was really good about it. And, you know, even now, I, I you know, I go out with masks and gloves on. I'm really careful. I don't go out a lot, but, you know, when I run to the grocery store, mm-hmm. take the garbage out. But, um. Yeah, luckily I just had I had the um, a mild fever, uh, severe body aches, and uh, and a, and a little cough. So Jimmy and I started around the same way, and he just got so much worse, and I, and I got better on my own. Thank goodness. Right now, Jimmy was on two weeks ago, and he told us all about it and how, you know, he'd go into the hospital, and maybe you could because uh, I that's something I think a lot of people, as as horrible as it must be, the fact that you can't be with your loved ones or that your loved ones can't be with you has got to be just so awful for both sides. And uh, yeah. what was that like? What, what, did they keep you updated uh, from yeah, the hospital? Yes and no. Um, you know, the, the worst night of my life, hands down, was when he got admitted and I didn't get to see him. You know, he got taken into triage and, you know, actually we didn't even know that was happening. They called his name at the desk like they needed more information from him. So we didn't even say anything. He just kind of nodded me, got up, and then a few minutes later I realized, oh, they must have taken him into into triage mm-hmm. and maybe 15 minutes later he called me and he's like listen honey they admitted me i'm in isolation you can't see me and wow. i was like what wow i just started crying i mean i had a stupid mask on I, I still didn't feel well i just started like crying in the emergency room and then it was like the loneliest commute back home i just i went outside and like i was in a daze i got a cab and came home but it was 
the word I felt so helpless. No, I, when you told us the story two weeks ago, I I just kept thinking about it. I'm like how lonely that must have been for you. Yeah, and, and I have like the best family in the world, and they're so supportive, but they couldn't even come give me a hug. You know, I I just had it self quarantine because we were so certain I had it, and you know, if, even if I didn't, I'd be carrying the germs from Jimmy. So um, my dad was awesome. He actually drove down groceries, but we did like an air hug. You know, we both had masks on. He left them outside my door. I waved to him um, because I you know, I was so unprepared. I hadn't gotten anything for myself. Um, but it was so sad not not being able to have company. Um, so my family and I kind of took to doing daily FaceTime chats. Like I had class yeah. with my family. I saw that on Facebook. It was sweet the way you guys did. It was it was great. And you know, Jimmy's doctors were amazing. And the thing was, like, I I wanted so badly to be a pest and text them and call them all the time. But I knew, I mean, they have their hands full. They're saving lives, and not that they don't want to keep me updated, but they just right. couldn't all the time. Um, not everybody they have to call. Exactly. So luckily, uh, we have a really good friend of the family. She's um, an infectious disease doctor herself. I uh, She saw my sister's post on Facebook and reached out to us and said, how can I help? So I was able, his infectious disease doctor at the hospital said it's fine to put her in touch. So he communicated with her on a regular basis. He would send her Jimmy's numbers every day and she would call me and we'd have a more thorough conversation about what they meant and what the implications were and um, so she was a godsend. Uh, um, Dr. Stanzik is her name. So she really, she helped me so much because I couldn't bug his doctors all the time, but I could bug her. <laughs> she, she was really, right, right, right. Um, she understood the numbers and was able to explain them to me. She called Jimmy in the hospital um, on his worst day because we were all really scared. And she kind of talked him through it and what the numbers meant and, um, you know, talked to him about the medicine they were giving him. You know, while I'm in there, I'm talking to her every day. And I'm just getting weaker and weaker yeah. and trying to keep me going. And then the one day I said, honey, I'm not going to make it today. I'm going to pass away. And she's like, no, no, hang in there, hang in there. And then when I hang up the phone, I kind of do my thing. And I can realize now she's here by herself going, my husband just said goodbye like he's going to yeah. die. And yeah. she's watching the news and she's seeing everybody dying. And when I told her the guy next in the next room passed away, and I think I'm next, it had to be really scary for her to be by herself. Yeah, that's all I could think about, Jimmy, when you told us that was, well, we have to have Jenna on because I want to know what that had, that had to be so frustrating in so many ways for you. And you're sick. I couldn't eat. I couldn't I mean, I would stay up. I mean, we're both night owls, but I usually go to bed like midnight-ish. I was up till 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning because I just had to keep myself up. I was worried I was getting a phone call like from him or from the hospital. And I just had to stay up until I was completely exhausted and my eyes wouldn't stay open anymore. And that was, you know, until I just, you know, basically passed out on the couch and I get myself into bed. And then I'd wake up like with a start a few hours later, like check my phone. Have I heard from him? Have I heard from the doctors? I mean, it was, it was a terrifying way to live. And then um, I can't tell you, you know, it's quarantine. The miles I must have put in in our small apartment, just pacing, pacing, yeah. pacing. Pacing, pacing. That's 17 days of that, man. It's, you know, oh, long, that's a long time to be in the hospital. It's, long an time unbelievable. it's an unbelievable day. Did you know your doctors, though, Jimmy? Did you have doctors that you were acquainted with before? You know, it's funny. Uh, I had a, uh, I had an ablation done about five years ago. And uh, so I had a cardiologist that's a big wig at that hospital. So I think I called him and said, I'm going to the hospital. I think that's why I got a room fairly quick. You know, they put me in isolation in the emergency room, and I was there a couple of hours, and then boom, I had my own room. 
I was in isolation. He came up the next morning and he introduced me to this uh, pulmonologist and he said, he's your guy. And I was like, I was in, I was in good hands right away. Good. Oh, great. I was with all people that I didn't know. I was in, I was in the emergency room for hours until they were debating whether to send me home or not. And I begged them not to. I said, I can't do it alone anymore. I'm all by myself. And they put me in an isolation room for two and a half days, a gorgeous, huge room. But then they moved me to a room with three other very sick men. Oh, and wow. that was a nightmare. That wow. was all of us sharing one small bathroom. It was, you know, there's no, there's no vanity in hospitals, believe me. Yeah. It was, it was well, a... A horrible, horrible experience because I didn't know any of the doctors, and we only saw them maybe once a day. They were so overworked that they yeah. stopped by like once a day. I mean, can we just say thank you to everybody out there? Yes, so, thank you so much I mean, to everybody, to the hospital workers, the ambulance, the first responders. I mean, what an amazing job! I heard somebody on the radio say that when this is all done, there should be a ticket tape parade for all of them, and I couldn't agree more. Absolutely, man. You know, yeah. these every night I ever met saved my life, man. It's unbelievable. Every yeah. night at 7 p.m., people applaud in the street. I don't know if they do that where you yeah. are. Yeah, all the horns honk and people applaud. Hands and stuff. It brings tears to my eyes. The gratitude. You're doing that in my neighborhood, but it's every time the show stops playing. Yeah, wow. that's what I do. Um, but was when he uh, when he left the hospital. Yeah, when it, when it came, it took me with, out of the, out of my room in the wheelchair and they wheeled me out into the lobby. All the workers stopped and gave me a standing ovation. Wow. wow. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, I bet they're just happy to finally see somebody going out in a chair for a change, you know? I mean, they see so many people going out in bags, I have a feeling, that finally, yeah. and, and when my doctor told me that when I finally got home and he told me that uh, I don't mind telling you now that everybody that had the same numbers you had the lousy uh, uh, oxygen and the blood and the coughing and the no breathing. He goes, they all passed away. Wow. Goes, wow. wow. Goes, that, he goes, that's why we were applauding when you left. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, Jimmy. That is so amazing. God was watching over you for sure. Yeah. yeah. He, he, didn't want, he didn't want this woman to be left alone, apparently. <laughs> No, you know, I don't know how to do the vacuuming. He's, he's had a coach man, all the household stuff. He usually takes care of it. <laughs> he's sitting here on the couch. Honey, you're doing it wrong. You got to go this way. You got to go with the grain of the carpet. I'm like, I don't know these things. Can I just say that we got a message here? Joey, if you can bang up from Fortune Esposito, he wrote something. I don't know if you can do it, but uh, it's a couple. It's a little bit back. That's my guitar playing, my guitar playing father-in-law. That's the man, the myth. I Look at him with the guitar right there. He's a rock star, man. That's Jenna's father. Yeah. And he's an amazing musician. And he does all your all the work with you, right? He does all the music. Yeah, he's my musical director. So he's he, musical um, director. He puts together all my arrangements. And uh, I mean, it's been really weird for us because. And there's your sister. There's my sister. See, I told was you. That that your sister who <coughs> when I saw you the first time, was she? you had a sister singing in exactly. the band. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's a great vocalist. She uh, she runs a local music school uh, in our hometown of Middletown, New York. My dad teaches guitar lessons there. Uh, she teaches a program called Kinder Music, which is music and movement for infants through age seven. Um, so she started doing Zoom classes, and uh, she's actually doing a great thing, um, story uh, bedtime stories and lullabies. Every weeknight at 7 o'clock, just to give kids a little comfort and their families, 
I've been tuning in. She started it while Jimmy was in the hospital. And I cool. to hear a nighttime story and a lullaby every night. Um, so yeah, they've been awesome. That uh, is a great, that's a great idea. Hey, you know, you know, Richie, I, uh, this afternoon, I send you a clip of Jenna singing from a yeah, yeah. A show. Really? I believe you and Jeffrey were both at that show. <laughs> yeah, I've well, seen her several times. Fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah from, uh, from Birdland about three, four years ago. Yeah, I, so. yeah, I remember going. But... The outdoor concert that I came to as well. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, this was all the lead up to the clip. We're going to show you the clip now. This is the multi-talented Jennifer Esposito. Jenna. Oh, pretty baby. That's why my bangs are still nice. You know, I haven't yeah. had a in like six weeks now. So. <laughs> well, Jenna, you're so talented. I love, I love watching you. I love going watch you sing. You were in my show. You yeah, were a cast so member. Yeah. We have to do another one of those. Yes, we do. It's a lot of work, and right now, nobody would come see it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, next time you need the whole night at Gotham. By the way, yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco can't yeah. do. So Jeffrey, um, Jimmy had said that he wouldn't even know his doctors or nurses if he saw them on the street because they were always yeah everybody's covered with a mask. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't I keep asking him their name. Some of them wrote their name across the plastic shield. Oh well, really? That's because cool. it was, because it was you couldn't possibly know who anybody was. I had to ask their name each time they came. But I just kept thanking each one of them from the bottom of my heart because they put themselves on the line. It's so dangerous. There's, we had, there's our, almost no way not to catch it when you're dealing with someone who's so sick. Right. Amazing, but that's what they do. That's what they're trained to do. Our guest last Monday for this was uh, Dr. Nicholas Morrissey at, from New York Presbyterian. And he is a uh, vascular surgeon. And he's, he's a good friend of mine. And he's been talking about being in the trenches, basically, and how really he now is like the, I don't want to say the low man on the totem pole, but like like his job description has completely changed right now mm -hmm. because he's a specific surgeon, so he had to go in and he's helping in any way he can. And right. it's amazing to think that that's what's happening, that these major doctors to... are now probably taking orders from the nurses. Do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a drop in ego because we're under such a, a, a need for knowledgeable people that can mm -hmm. do the jobs. You know what's funny? There we were, were on, uh, this morning. I like this show, Mark, by the way. But go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. <laughs> this morning, we were on the uh, Tamron Hall show this morning. Yes. You know, they were interviewing the both of us. And then she goes, I got a surprise for you. Here's your doctor. And he popped in. And for a second, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Because I'm usually got a mask and a shield on, you know? Wait, hold on. Now do you recognize me? <laughs> now, you've been on a number of shows. Who, me? Yes. Yes, I've been. Uh, now you have more credits than all the comics at the club. Yes. You know, uh, my, my ex-wife uh, ex goes, you're getting a lot more press than I ever did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I remember. I remember Lisa took about twenty of us to see Jenna perform. Remember yeah. that? 
and that club on the west side. Oh, absolutely, yeah, man. Yep. What was the name of that club? Do you remember what club that was? That was Birdland. Birdland. That's I was there that night. Side. That was a fantastic show. Invited me. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa made everybody as her guest to come and see you. That was amazing. An amazing evening. She even, Jenna, she even sent Jenna a dozen roses before the show. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even do that. <laughs> We're talking about Lisa Lampanelli right now, in yeah. case anyone was wondering. But uh, Jenna, that's the night I met you. Yes. And, and then I did uh, Gotham Live on July 3rd. I'll never forget it. It was July 3rd. Yes. And Jimmy was working at the at Gotham. And you came by. And we, all, we went out to Jake's next door and had a couple of libations. And uh, who knew a year later the two of you would be uh, putting me up for the Friars, nominating me for the Friars. Yes, yes we sponsored you for that. You're my sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, not many Have people. you had any more regrets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We, we regret that there's no Friars. Yeah, yeah, right now there's no Friars. Well, there's no nothing, but yeah, right now. Yeah. Nobody seems to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Ever since Jerry Lewis passed away, it's been downhill. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they just had a string of bad luck. They're finally ready to reopen most of the club, and then this happened. Right, so, right. you know, who knows at this point? But, I think when all of this is over, with the talent that has come just on this episode, I think we should all have a get together and do a live show. All of us. And people are going to go insane when this is over. There's going to be celebrations like you've never seen in your life. <laughs> I hope so. People can't yeah, wait. I hope so. Just to hug somebody is going to be so amazing. It's going to be like that uh, World War II where the, the yeah. sailors came home. Right. Kissing girls on the street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to do that. For <laughs> yeah. Well, you might, you might get the house. Yeah. I'm to go out on my terrace. I don't know if you can, if the germs are in the air. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I could recatch this thing. You know, I was saying that the other day. I said, you know, you know, when they get the green light to go out, who's going to run out to a to a Broadway play and share an armrest with a stranger? You know, that's yeah. it's going to be you're going to question. That's basically going to second base with someone now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Long time. It's but the same thing with comedy. Same thing with comedy. Yeah, look at look at when Gotham is packed to three hundred people. You're sitting on top of each other, you know. That's hey. I hope everybody comes back strong, you know. I know. Um, I we mean, need that room filled, man. The last time I saw Gotham Comedy Club filled, it was for my show. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> and then I got kicked out. <laughs> and then your show started, and it emptied out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so. Jeffrey made a good point, Jim, Jimmy, and and Jenna. They don't know for sure that you can't get this again. Yeah, I, you know, I've been watching it on TV, and I heard a couple of things. I heard somebody say you can never get it again, and then I heard a doctor say, "Well, I won't say never, but maybe for the next twelve months you won't get it, and hopefully by that time they'll have a vaccine." So yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure what you're talking about, but uh, right, it's still so new. So. I'm still going to be very careful, that's for sure, yeah. because I never want to go through that again. No. Yeah, well, it is so horrible. People, you can't even describe it. Just words fail you to try to tell people the pain that you go through. It, it's it, it's literally it was indescribable for me. I had never been that sick in my life. Sometimes when you're sick, you can find a comfortable place for yourself and you feel better for a few minutes. It didn't let up from morning to night, 24 right. I don't know. I slept a couple of hours at a time and I'd wake up. I was, it's like a weird dream to me. 
the way wow. it is. It's, yeah, it's, I had that. Uh, I had like a hundred and two point seven temperature for like six days straight. I was shivering. Oh I was shaking. I was sweating. I had I the most, the worst body aches I've ever had in my life. It was like somebody was stabbing me in the shoulders. Me it was. I, I had a hundred and two point four, and after I came home, I developed something called pleurisy, which you very often get from pneumonia. After I was already home and thinking I'm recuperating, they had to put me back on ZPAC again. Oh because God. you get an inflammation of the lungs. Every breath I took, I got a pain in my back that went into my right shoulder. And wow. the z pack Can I, can I say that you guys sound like Richard Dreyfus and Quinn on the boat in Jaws? Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you a star I got out right here. <laughs> we're, we're, I'll tell you, we're miracles, Jimmy. Well, you I'm, are miracles. Jimmy, and I, I could make a 50-year-old reference. Again, I, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to see Jeffrey, man. It's unbelievable. I know You don't know how happy we are to see both of you. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you it's know, been a rough – it's been a rough uh, – we have – you know what? We have a wonderful comedy community. We do. It helps so much. I got so much support. Ron Bennington talked about Love Ron. on the air, and uh, he and Gail did that. Oh. I got hundreds and hundreds of messages from people all over – comedy club owners, just people like Bill Burr, Jim Norton. People were just posting very supportive messages. And you have no idea what that means because I'm laying there all alone. You know, you have the best nurse in the world, Jimmy. It's so wonderful to have somebody. Yeah, and oh, absolutely. Literally by myself. I had to call my kids on the phone. Jack, I'm yeah. coming over. I'm coming over. Yeah. I have my wife and I got Christopher Roach. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> we have a wonderful comedy community. Oh, absolutely, man. It's truly a blessing. It really I is. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Jimmy was talking about how uh, Jim Gaffigan got in touch with him. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, and yeah, Jim Brewer was one of the first guys to call me, man. Yeah. And and Norton to you and Burr. And I'm I, so special. Colin Quinn, Nick Kroll, and John Mullaney. Yeah. Um, Posted things about me, and I got the head of Netflix asked me my Hebrew name and was had prayers said for me wow. in Hebrew. Jonathan Musman and the head of all things comedy, and just like Noam Dwarman and uh, Emilio Savant, all the comedy club owners, they all sent me prayers. It, it was just amazing. It literally brought tears to my eyes to I, think that that many people think about you at a time like right. that. Well. I wanted to reach out to you, but my manager couldn't get me in. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't get the right credentials, man. <laughs> the one thing I learned. Any middle acts get in touch with you? <laughs> I got bumped by Norton. <laughs> yeah, we actually, we actually, uh, this is pretty cool. The day Jimmy was doing so badly and we were really scared. Um, my dad had an idea and he's like, you know, I'm going to reach out to the Monsignor who married you. Monsignor Jim, he out. He actually is the head of like a Catholic uh, television station in Long Island, but it's, I mean, it's nationwide. It's, it's in like 40 different countries. It's called Catholic Faith Network. I do a telethon for them every year. And so this Monsignor Jim, we're pretty close with him. He actually married us. And uh, dad said, I'm going to reach out to Monsignor, see if we can get some you know prayers going from him. I said, great. We, all the prayers we can get, that's fantastic. So he emailed the Monsignor. Monsignor emailed back a little while later. Your timing was perfect. Uh, I was just about to enter a prayer circle with a bunch of bishops and the Holy Father. The Pope. <laughs> wow. One of the bishops dedicated his rosary to Jimmy. So they're praying with the Pope. One of the bishops dedicated his rosary to Jimmy. 
was like, you know, we, we escalated that pretty high. You know, you don't get much higher oh, than that. Right. <laughs> now, you wonder, now you don't have to wonder how I'm, how I'm still alive, right? So was yeah. it the Pope or was it the Pope? We're not. We're not they yeah. both happened on the same day. So, uh, yeah. Just, that was just in time for Easter. But, just so, in time for Easter. You've been resurrected. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. I got to say, one thing I learned from today's show is my name doesn't start with a J, so I'm pretty sure I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we never talked about what we're drinking, and I just saw Jenna take a pop of something there, a little wine. You re recognize the glass, Regina? I do. I should have grabbed. I have mine. It's you. You know? Do you remember at your wedding, um, Jenna got up to sing a song, <laughs> and it was a song that Jimmy had played for her on their second date. Third, like third date. Third date. Third date. And it was a song called. Um, uh, Jeez, I just blanked. True Love Ways. True Love Ways by Buddy Holly. Exactly. It's not one of his more popular songs. It's one of my favorite songs. I love it. And it happened to be my wedding song. Remember? And Jenna got up to sing, and I walk over to Jimmy. I go, that's my wedding song. He's like, are you kidding? Like, what are the odds of that? You know? You stole my bit. But then you were standing next to me. I'm going, go dance with your wife, man. <laughs> but he wanted to dance with you. It's your wedding song. Go dance with your wife. She was dancing with Lampanelli's date. I couldn't get her away from that guy. Remember? Oh, yeah. Right? Tommy, Tommy, right? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I got to show you what I'm drinking, though, Richie. You'll appreciate this. It's, uh... Oh, yeah. Check out this wine she's so, got. Let's see. It might be reversed because somehow. Yeah, it's going to be reversed. It says Cano wine. It's Cano now. Cano now. It's like. Cano. Oh, it's Cano. Yeah. So what what kind of wine is it? Like a year ago in our wine store, it's a it's a red wine from Sardinia, uh, and it, it's great. We we loved it. But he he came home from the wine store with this, and he's like, "We have to try this. It has my name on it." <laughs> and I happen to be delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and the wine's good too. Jimmy, are you sure you're allowed to drink alcohol? Seriously? No, I haven't had a sip yet, man. Oh, I haven't, good. Oh, good. No, I haven't good. had a drink since March seventh. I'm no good. I'm not ready for it yet. I keep telling Jack, I go. When I'm ready to have a drink, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the oxygen to be gone. Once the <laughs> once the oxygen's off, another week. You don't want to chase. You don't want to chase a Jameson with oxygen. Alcohol is a depressant. You gotta. Be I've been drinking. Alcohol. I've been drinking coffee now, and you know. I've been hydroxychloroquine. Some Gatorade. Gatorade. Yeah, exactly right, man. I've been eating like a pig. I can't stop eating. There's nothing. Yeah, that's not. That's not the disease that's just you're bored <laughs> yeah i know no it's like my body is seeking any kind of pleasure it can get yeah no, it's like chocolate and shit things i haven't eaten for a long time that's I, exactly I, what i'm doing i found a chocolate <laughs> masturbating six seven times a day <laughs> jeffrey's an animal same symptoms mark what are you drinking mark I am going. I am going all white trash mustache and coors light i got nice. my uh, johnny black too johnny yeah. black yeah, and, so, and it used to sound like a gay guy. You take it in a can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that in post. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> hey, what's that with a joke? Who, where, where are the jokes? I thought there was a, a drink and a joke. What happened? You did well, the you, joke. You I smashed that joke. All right. You you nailed it, buddy. I don't I'm think... A joke. What are you talking about? <laughs> I thought I thought, I thought uh, Jeffrey had it doing, although we saw a tape of him doing his stuff. So there you yeah. go. What yeah. are you, why are you running the show now? Hey, we got a clip. Hey, hey he's feeling better. Like five TV shows, suddenly he's in charge of our podcast. Security in a situation like this. Yeah, you know, at Cameron Hall, 
<laughs> you know what we did at Cameron Hall when I Hey, 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 we're running that show tonight at 135 in the morning. Every right. day, so. Hey but, guys, um, real quick before we wrap up, I, I do want to uh, the comedy community, we're all so tight. There we had a, a we we lost somebody really near and dear to us, good friend Vic Henley. Oh, I yeah. want to. I don't want this to be a downer. I want. Does anybody? Do you guys have a story about Vic that you'd like to share that uh, can maybe make our audience? Yeah, I'm sure go look him up. Him. You know, I met uh, I met Vic when uh, I first started dating uh, Lisa. Uh, they were doing something with the Larry the Cable guy, and he was he was on the show. He was uh, opening up for Larry. So I met him then, and then a couple of years later, I met him at Gotham. And, you know, I was like, yeah, remember me, Jimmy? He goes, yeah, I remember you, Jimmy uh, Lampanelli. He was calling me, right? Vic and had a memory that was scary. But the next four years after that, every time I saw him, he called me Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mike. How you doing? Gurian, you got a, a nice uh, Vic Henley story you want to tell? Not really. I just knew him for a long time. And all I could say is rest in peace. Yeah. That's, That's, all, good. That's about all I can say. I knew him a very long time. I saw him at the strip all the time. He was a regular there for 20 years. I spoke to Richie Tinkin just today, Hasn't. and we talked about it, and he said that Vic had been there for 20 years. You know, yeah. I spoke to uh, I spoke to Chris Mazzilli today, and I mentioned we talked about him, and he said, uh, once the club opens, he goes, we're going to do something like we did for Angelo. He said, we're going to do Oh, oh good. Club. I was wondering about that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 the strip as well. Yeah, I'm That'd sure they were. The guy was a legend. The guy oh, was yeah, a fixture was, of both. Like his, uh, that was kind of like one of his home turf right there because, boy, he hosted a lot of shows there. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think both clubs should have a Vic Henley drink named after him because, and it should be a tequila-based drink because that, that man put away tequila Absolutely. more than anybody yeah. I knew. I love him. Uh, let's bring Joel out real quick. We'll bring out Joel. Look uh, at this. We got to wrap her up. Uh, we six people on this before. This is historic. This is the biggest. And thing. five of them can talk. Joel, you're muted, buddy. Last time I was on. <laughs> all right, all right. There you go. Now I hear you. That was so uplifting. Not just to have one, but three survivors. Um, everyone loved you guys, um, and that's such a great news about. Uh, the fact that Gotham Comedy Club is going to have something for Vic because I was there at Angelo's thing and, uh, you know, they did it right. The Mazzillis, they're great people. And uh, I think all the comics took advantage of the open bar, but it was great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Chris is one of the classiest guys in the business. He you sure is. Club. Yeah. He's a wonderful human being. He does so many charity events at that club. Hundreds of charity events. He does. Hey, he's yeah. the, uh, he's he's the best boss I ever worked for, man. And I had dozens of jobs. <laughs> yeah. He never said no. He's a wonderful human being. He is. He is. He's a great guy. He really is. That well, we appreciate you having you guys on. Thank you so much for uh, spending the time with us. Well, Joe's like the bouncer. He's coming on. He goes, All right, everybody out. <laughs> yeah. God bless you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to go out, but you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spoken to anybody this long in, in a month. So this was one. Jeffrey. Thank you so much for doing this. You held in. You stayed on the whole time. We were really nervous that we, we were only going to get a few minutes with you. Yeah, well, thank you guys. You brought my energy up. I don't know how I'm going to feel after this. I might collapse, but <laughs> it's, in the moment, I feel wonderful. Thank that you. is so, so great. It, Jimmy, 
So happy to see you up and about. Yeah, man. Good um, to be here. Good to have my wife with me. And Dennis, oh, yeah. the beautiful, the talented Jenna Esposito. I love you so much. It was and good to talk to your rock. Your rock you right guys, there. You made this. This made my day today. You made my week today. Already. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love being with you guys. Thank you, man. And to all of our viewers out there, you can podcast, but you can't podcast here. Good night, everybody. Good night. Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.